Today's date is October 13th, 2023, and this is episode 43 with Jaywoo. Hi, punks. Going to school, huh? Yeah. Why don't you play fish hooky and come fishing with us? Yeah, boy. They're sure biting. Just be behind me, Satan, and don't push. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now Jesus went to the desert 40 nights and 40 days. When he got tired and hungry, to his father he would pray. But the devil came to Jesus, said, if you want to be fed, why don't you turn these big old worthless stones to bread? Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil came to Jesus, to the temple of Montana. He said, if you are the Son of God, your father is a golden drop. For the scripture says that angels will slow you falling down. And they'll gently put your feet back on the ground. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, you don't tempt the Lord thy God. Then the devil gave to Jesus to a mountaintop to shove all the cities and the nations and the kingdoms here below and the devil gave told jesus you can have all that you see if you will just bow down and worship me get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan jesus said get away from me satan jesus said you don't tempt the lord our god get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan Jesus said, get away from me, Satan. Jesus said, he said, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Hello and welcome, everyone. This is an official Godcast. Thank you for tuning in on this Friday evening. I'm Ron Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Flightworks Mary. And tonight, giving his testimony, our special guest, Jonathan Woolley. You know him as Jaywoo. Let's start by welcoming our other host, Flightworks Mary. How are you doing this week? I'm doing great. Glad's Friday. Friday. It's been a rainy, rainy, rainy day. All day. Cold rain, like London. 
It's been like that all week here in Michigan. Is it? Yeah. Have you gotten a frost yet? Not yet. No. Still got fruit out on the vine. I'm waiting for that frost report so I can gather it all up. As of yet, we haven't hit it yet. I have been stoking yeah. the wood with the wood burner at night, though. That's been nice. <laughs> yeah, I got the wood burner going right now. Might have to take Guess a small what? break and load it up. What? I finally got some peppers and now they're <laughs> gonna freeze. We're in the middle of winter and you're getting peppers. Fantastic. Yeah, I had to cover them all up and oh man. Fun. Yeah. Well, better it's late good. than never. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, a couple announcements. Let's remember we've got uh if anybody wants to send us a prayer request here in live chat, you can do that right now. Just tag Mary with your prayer request. She's going to pray for us at the end of the show. Next week, we got a big week. Next week, Matt from Michigan. You guys know that B-Dad, Matt from Michigan. Pretty cool cat. Yeah, he is. And the week after that, another Michigan boy, an old friend of mine, Chad Peck. Crazy. Last time I ran into this guy, uh, he was he was just going about his usual life. And then uh, next thing I know, I'd looked him up. On Facebook, Mary put the Godcast Facebook page up, and I, I seen that he's a pastor at a church that he planted. <laughs> I'm like, what? You're coming on the Godcast. You got to tell me that story. <laughs> and he's coming in two weeks, right after Matt from Michigan. And then Jay Cress. Yeah. So we've got a pretty strong lineup coming up. Yes, right up until just before Thanksgiving. And if anyone would like to give their testimony, please reach out to us at this is an official godcast at gmail.com. We have one last date in November, last last Friday of November, and then all of December's open, and that'll be the end of season one. This is an official godcast. Yeah. Thank you everyone for being with us this year. It's been a fun year so far. We're not done yet. We got plenty of work no, to do. I know, right? And you know, the Friday, the, I think that's the Friday after Thanksgiving, the Is 24th, yeah. I think. What a great day to share your testimony. I mean, that day is, you know, with typically a turkey hangover? devoted. Yeah. <laughs> well, typically devoted to people standing in line and buying more crap that they don't need, you know, so. Never me. You something different. <laughs> Got everything I need right here. I'm holding it. It's the Bible. That's right. <laughs> that's true. Man, what awesome lineups we get every week. And this week, man, are you kidding me? Jay Woo. Yeah. That's Jay like, to the Woo. You're all I've been <laughs> hearing about since the Bards Fest. Jay Woo, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, everyone, please opinion. welcome our special guest, B Dad, Jay Woo. Well, well, thank you very much for that kind intro. <clears throat> happy to be here happy to share my testimony and a very good friend um my bible study teacher jim warren happens to be here with me and uh, was kind enough to let me use his house because it's quiet and uh anyway he's uh, a beautiful friend and a very knowledgeable guy when it comes to the bible yes jim warren we met him during our pregame show amazing right. man 96 years young he's been doing bible studies for 50 years world war ii veteran 
I just want to reach right through the screen and hug this guy. <laughs> he would like to hug you back. I'd enjoy uh, that. <laughs> oh, Jim. Jim, we love you, and thanks for joining us as well. It's great to see you. And Jaywoo, thank you for, for being here. You're, um, you're a blessing to us all, brother. Greatly appreciate you. I wasn't supposed to. There we go. Okay. <sighs> Scared. JP is has lacks a little bit as a technician. That's all right. Jim Jim is actually more tech savvy than I am. Well, no. well you guys are going to get that all ironed out soon because yes. you guys are going to be doing a podcast soon, correct? That's yeah. right. Yeah. His only problem is he dropped the phone. That's all right. You'll be using a roadcaster and a laptop. You won't even need your phone once you get that going. So your roadcaster's on the way. Um, yes. Also, you'll be needing a couple of microphones. Yes, we will. Okay. So there's still some need out there. If anyone's out there listening and wants to get Jaywoo started or help him along at all, um, you know how to reach out to us. And you probably know how to reach out to him, get him and Jim going on their podcast. And we're very much looking forward to hearing from you guys, both of you. It's, it's exciting. I'm excited about it. It is exciting. Jim. Look how excited Mary is right now. This was going to be for you, like every podcast. You're going to be that excited every time. Look at her. Isn't she all smiles? <laughs> She's always yeah. all smiles. I'm not always all. I'm not always smiling. Oh, stop. You are too. <laughs> I'm Whenever I'm you are in my mind. <laughs> well, it's the joy of the Lord. I'm pretty strong. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, there you are. Strength. He gives me my strength. All right. So. so before we get started into your testimony, we like to do an opening prayer. And I and I generally love to do my opening prayers. But because Jim Warren is with us, he's agreed to do an opening prayer for us. I figure he's got at least 49 and a half years on me on Bible study. So we should uh, give the honor to him tonight. And it would be a blessing to us all. Thank you, Jim. Father God. Through our beloved Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we want to talk to you today. We first of all want to thank you for saving our souls from hell. Mm. We thank you that uh, uh, you've, uh, with Jesus, you raised us in newness of life, that uh, we're new creatures. And Lord, you know, it's been on my mind and heart a lot about how important it is to realize who we are in Christ. And in, in knowing that, it'll help us to live a life that you want us to live. So, Lord, right now, we're on this little podcast. We're or a little big. I don't know. Uh, we're here together, and we're here together in your name. And we would just ask you to guide it, to put your blessing on it, to bless the people that are listening, to make this into a really great time together in Christ. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jim. Thank, Amen. You, Jim. Thank you, Jim. That was awesome. That was beautiful. Thank you, Jim. It was. Well, that's got me all smiles. See, yeah, <laughs> you're all smiles now. <laughs> yeah, you're smiles. Well, Jay Wu, what do you say? No time well, like the present? No time like the present. Even though it's a tough act to follow. <clears throat> Is it okay and, uh, if we interrupt you occasionally and ask yes, questions? Please. Okay. 
And if, if anyone listening in chat's got any questions, please just tag myself or Mary. And don't forget, Matt and have Matt is our um, moderator. You can tag him as well. Matt, thank you for joining us tonight. We love you, brother. All right, Mr. J. Wu. Floor is yours, my friend. All right. Well, first off, uh, thank you both. I appreciate you having me on here. And, uh, thank you, God. And uh, thank you, Jesus, without you. I don't know where I'd be. So my story kind of begins at birth. Um, while still in utero, um, they went in to do an amniocentesis, and uh, I had somehow managed to turn in the womb, and I took the needle to the face. Um, this had caused some paralysis and a C-section. Um, you know, I don't remember it. I was merely an infant but later in life as a child um it was obviously a great source of amusement to other children and um and became a source of learning humility for me and uh um <clears throat> and uh, some interesting side effects of having your scars on your face you know and it's pretty it's pretty subtle now but as a kid it was pretty pronounced um, you know, moving along, uh, my parents divorced two. I was two. They weren't. And, uh, <clears throat> and, uh, about five years old, uh, I had a stepfather come into my life that, uh, well, I wasn't his favorite and, um, he was not so physically abusive as he was verbally, but, um, you know, I got the, I got the nice, um, verbal abuse and, uh, we're pretty constant, you know, you're, you're not good enough. You're not doing it right. And monkeys could do it better than you and blah, blah, blah. And, and it served to diminish my self-esteem even further. Um, you know, as life goes on, you know, I fell in with the punk rock crowd and, uh, you know, the typical, you know, testimonial thing, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't go quite that far yet. Um, at about uh, age six or seven, um, I had a, a friend I went to school with, neighbor. I'd spend a fair bit of time at their house. He and his, uh, he was adopted and his sister were adopted. And, um, you know, I'd go over there and play after school. And that went on for at least a year or so, I believe. And uh, about the age six, seven, um, his father molested. Um, it happened one time. And uh, the second time, um, I had the wherewithal, thank you, God, um, to say no. And that, you know, prompted him to kick me out of their home and say I wasn't welcome there and told my mom I was a bad kid and I wasn't welcome at their house anymore. And, and that was that. My mom didn't really ask any questions. And I wasn't really all that inclined to bring up what had happened to me. Um, but I believe, you know, looking back on my life, and, you know, we've been on the subject a lot in many of the podcasts, and that was uh, that um, I, I believe this opens a door, a portal into a demonic realm and invites evil in. And um, 
whether you ask for it or not, uh, through this act, it awakens something in a person, a child, um, that isn't supposed to be awake. Not at that age. Not, not a young child who just wants to play and, and have fun with their friends. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, I didn't think much about it. But uh, I had experiences with young girls that, you know, were also sexual in nature. And, and I believe now, looking back, that they experienced something similar and um, that we would, um, we naturally key into energy in our lives and, and um, as we move through them, especially as children, because children are so innocent and and you know the mind of a child that's what we're trying to get back to right and um and that energy follows us and so this demon this experience has followed me throughout my life and has really become my biggest stumbling block so now i'll jump forward into my my youth um I, you know, fell in with the punk rock crowd because I, I never really fit in with any particular group, but got along with most. I always gravitated towards um, the outcasts or the, you know, the the less thans, the the different folk. Um, and I thank Jesus for that because I love them so much. Um, what part of the country did you grow up in? I grew up in Northern California, so Chico. For okay. you know anyone who went to Yuba City knows where Chico is. He went to the Bards Fest there, where I met you, Mary. Yeah, my yes. beautiful friend. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and so I grew up punk rock. You know, and we did the drinking and the smoking of the dope and the LSD. And thankfully, I never got into the methamphetamine or the cocaine or the heroin addictions that my friends did. And thankfully I was observant enough to watch them and their behavior and go, that's nah, not for me for two reasons. One, I knew I, I have an addictive personality and uh, two, I didn't want to behave like that. Um, um, oh, well, I'll backpedal a little bit at, at about age seven. I was in love with Jesus. My grandparents were evangelists um, and they always did devotions. And I uh, would actually come up here to central Oregon um, with them for about a month every summer since I was pretty young and we would camp and fish. And my grandfather getting up at four 30 in the morning, which drove me crazy. And we'd be, I'd be out in the boat with him freezing my ass off and not catching any fish but then the sun would come up and i would feel its warmth and i just remember how good the sun felt and how beautiful the morning was and sunrise and time with my grandfather in that boat um which is where you know a lot of you know i i like to fish um i'm not i'm not any pro at it or anything like that i just love doing it. and uh, my grandfather is uh, Huge part of that um, experience for me and Jesus and the Bible. Um, so every morning we'd go out, we'd come in around 10, have breakfast, and they would do devotions. And that was every day devotions would be done, reading scripture and praying. 
and uh, I fell in love with Jesus. Like who Jesus was to me was, well, who Jesus is, and that's perfect and beautiful and divine in every way. And, he loves uh, to fish too. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he has bigger game, but um, you know he's teaching me. Actually, my boat has become a place to fish for fish, and um, I do like getting people in my boat because they're trapped and we can have conversations. <laughs> that's right. Oh, you want to go in? Well, let's talk about Jesus first. <laughs> That's right. Um, no, I don't. I don't pressure him, but uh, it's good. I love the conversations in the boat and around a campfire. Anyway, uh, so um, back to my youth. Well, that's where I got a taste for Jesus. And uh, in in my youth, um, I was I was made to go to church until I was sixteen. And what I found with traditional churches, I couldn't see the Christ through the Christians. It's the saying I came up with. Um, they were all holier than thou, and they looked down their noses at people, and they were so judgmental, and I, I, I didn't, it didn't click with me, and I couldn't wait to get out of church and those people. They were never, they were never what I viewed as, as Christ-like or Christian. Um, I mean, they, they, they tainted the word Christian for me. Um, so I fell away at 16. I was no longer made to go to church and I was happy to not go. And, um, I didn't pursue Christ. Oddly enough, though, looking back at my life, um, Christ pursued me. I, I always had, um, a guardian angel on my shoulder. I I don't know how many times I I looked death in the eye with doing stupid things, and somehow miraculously um, came came out unscathed. Um, and I always thought about that, you know, when those incidents would happen, like wow, I've, you know, I've got an angel on my shoulder. But that's about as far as it went. Um, you know, continuing on. Uh, through life it was basically the same thing. I pursued women um, for a long time in my my youth. I was very bashful and shy when it came to women. Um, and that's you know where pornography came in and all the all the fun stuff around that. You know more more demons, sexually speaking, and it is such a powerful thing. And I've listened to Scott talk about it and and other people, and and it is truly. Um, diabolical it is truly evil and it is truly deeply penetrating um, evil that gets in and does damage to a person's soul and their heart and their view of other people um, in my case women i never was one that well it's not true i objectified women i love women i love everything about women um but sex was the driving force and as a young man i wasn't confident enough to pursue women so it was porn and uh continue on through life kind of the same old thing you know into my 30s um my late 30s I was an automotive technician. I'd gone to school for Honda. Um, 
in uh, 0102. Actually, it started in 2000. Anyway, um, during that time, we had 9-11. And uh, that's when my, my conspiratorial mind was really kicked off was when i watched those buildings just collapse like a demolition and i'm like this isn't right it's not that's not how that happens um, aluminum plane steel and concrete building built to withstand terrible wind and and earthquakes and a little jet plane takes it down something wasn't right and then the Patriot Act and all that good stuff just kind of lit me up. But I didn't I didn't pursue conspiracy at that time, but I never trusted the government. I never trusted it before then. I certainly didn't trust it after that. Um about um 2007, I was working for a Honda in Chico, and I was getting tired of my job job and i was like um okay i really you know i want to do something i want to do something else and i uh I, I was an avid remote control airplane guy um and uh remote control cars all kinds of that fun stuff and uh i was toiling toying with the idea of starting in my own business um doing that getting out of the automotive game my back was wrecked i was tired of working for a dealership and, you know, dealerships are crooks, by the way. Um, you're really better off finding an honest, reputable mom and pop, if those even exist anymore. That was just a side note. Um, <clears throat> so in this pursuit of something else, it hits me like a sledgehammer. Sell everything and travel. Now, I didn't perceive this as a, a God moment or a God smack, but man, it hit me like a sledgehammer between the eyes. You need to sell everything and travel. And, and I've never felt a drive like I had when I felt that. And, um, from that moment I left work, um, went to see, went home, my girlfriend of eight years who lived with me at the time, I told her, look, I'm selling everything and traveling and I'm doing it alone. And, uh, just uh kind of just dropped the hammer and i was full tilt into selling everything i owned fixing the house selling it and traveling and i did i by uh end of 07 i was i had sold my house and the cool thing is how everything lined up I'm, that's a, a told podcast in itself but um my loan that was the the when the market fell out um the housing market in 07 the end of 07 my the loan that these people got to buy my home was the last mortgage mortgage loan that that brokerage gave out um oh, everyone, wow. yeah it was it was incredible um the only thing that i had left that i didn't sell was some brand new furniture, you know, a couple couches, an end table, a television. And uh, the people like, well, well, we would like, you know, we need to knock $3,000 off of the price of the house. And I'm like, well, how about if I throw in this furniture? I'm like, okay, deal. So I got rid of everything. I, I pared my life down to one car, a Honda Civic, uh, two tubs full of, you know, mementos, 
photo albums, things like that. And my remote control airplanes, of course, because they're cool. If you nerd out on that sort of thing, anyway. <laughs> and um, and uh, so car, two tubs, my backpack, my toolbox, my work tools, and uh, and a laptop. And I headed out to see the world. I went to uh, spent four months in New Zealand. I spent a month in Australia. I spent a month in Europe. My goal was to go a year. Um, it lasted six months. And uh, then I came home. And uh, while I was away, a woman and her four children moved in with my mom. My mom and she shared a Bible study together. And uh, there were some domestic issues. And my mom offered up her home to them as a safe place for them to be. And uh, this woman um, saw pictures of me and asked, about me and my mom told her well he's out traveling the world and uh not to date myself but at that time she reached out to me on myspace oh yeah <laughs> right um so uh you know those of you who remember myspace we have a um, we have a page on myspace i think mary's run of it god oh really on awesome. myspace so it's still there. Oh, right. No. Right. No. no. I probably still no. have a page up myself. Then. I think we should get back on there. It might be a um free speech zone. I think it might be a good move. Yeah. Could be a little retro, you know. That's cool right now. Tom's still my <laughs> yeah. only friend. <laughs> so anyway, she reached out to me on on MySpace, you know, hey, I'm living with your mom and I really I, I love what you're doing and I want to keep in touch with you. So we kept in touch and uh, a relationship started to form there. And um, I was approaching it and she, you know, found a place and moved out. And, and uh, I was uh, finally due to come home and um, I was going to go pick up my car from my mom. She, I gave her the car to use while I was away. And uh, this woman said, you know, well, if you're coming to Oregon, you need to come see me. So, it started out as, you know, another, another hookup, you know, and now I've got this confidence because, you know, I've sold everything I own and everything was going great and I traveled and, and, uh, had all these great experiences. So, you know, I'm kind of exuding confidence, which, which made me a much more attractive person to women. Um, and, uh, so, you know, she was, she has four children and, uh, and she hadn't, had a break for over a year and i'm like look i'm gonna we're gonna meet and i'm gonna take you for a week to the coast and we're gonna stay in hotels so i had still some money from selling the house and um you know we're just gonna have a whirlwind romantic you know sexy time well the time finally came i picked up my car i went and picked her up and um i fell in love with her that day and uh you know, I still, I, I moved in with a friend in Chico, started a new job with the hobby company with people I usually used to fly with a lot. And she lived here in the Oregon Valley, a place called, um, oh, I've already forgotten. Anyway, it's over in the valley. And uh, I'll remember when it's not important. Um, and uh, I, you know, for a year and a half, I spent um, my time driving 
498 miles one way to see her and these kids. And I, I fell in love with the children, with the woman. Um, we did that for a year and a half. They would come and visit me. It was, it was beautiful. We had such a great time. And uh, finally, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to move there to, to be with you. And, um, and I did. Um, I moved to Dayton. I remember the name. Um, to live with them. We lived in the Valley a year. I, I really, unlike Scott, I do not much care for the Oregon Valley. It's too rainy. It's too cloudy. It's beautiful. A lot of greenery, a lot of, a lot of ferns, a lot of moss. But I realize now what it takes to make a green place green, and that's a lot of precipitation. So um, when I was 15, I guess I'm flashing back again. When I was 15, I helped my grandparents build a cabin here in Central Oregon on the Deschutes River. And um, they had passed away. Uh, my mom, my grandfather passed away first, and my mom had moved in with my grandmother to the cabin. And uh, they lived there for a while. And then grandma moved to Hermiston. And my mom was there on her own with her, well, with her husband. And um, anyway, they had divorced and mom needed to get out. She couldn't afford it anymore. So I brought my girlfriend that I live with and her children to live in the cabin. Um, and she was a Christian and that's when moving back, um, after about a year or so of being there, the kids had found an airsoft group. We'd gotten into airsoft and it was run by a pastor who was starting a new church. And, um, I enjoyed airsoft, you know, tactical stuff, high speed, low drag, shooting kids. What could be better? And uh, so we we joined the gang, and and uh, the the pastor had asked me multiple times, "Hey, why don't you? We're starting a new church. Why don't you come join us? Why don't you come join us?" Well, finally, I succumbed, and and we went, and uh, it was a brand new church. The spirit was strong. I fell in love with Christ again. Um, you know, still living in sin. Um, as far as we're not married, but uh, we're living together. Um, rekindled my love of fishing, and I I, uh, I brought that to my woman, and she loved fishing. And, and we ended up buying a boat for $800 that the neighbor was selling. And our, our cabin was right there on the river. We had a nice dock. I used to, I used, I worked nearby for a little auto shop and uh, it was four miles away and uh, I would come home on my lunch break and I would fish off that dock and then I'd come home after work and we'd go out in the boat and that boat was our, our marriage in a nutshell we enjoyed each other so much when we were out fishing and we had such a great time and um and we caught lots of fish and um it was a beautiful time. We're going to church. I'm an active member in my church community. Um, <clears throat> things are, are just really, really good. And um, 
you know, the kids are going to church with us. They, we've got kids coming over to our house every Sunday. I make a big pot of spaghetti for everybody. And, and it was just, you know, great. Kind of involved in a little bit of youth ministry through the airsoft group. Um, I mean, everything was great. We were encouraged to get married. So we did. Um, I proposed to my woman and her children, um, you know, all at once. Like, I, you know, I want to marry all of you. I want you to be my children. I want you to be my wife. And we did. And it was, uh, it was awesome. And we had a good life. And um, we could, you know, the, we could no longer live at the cabin. Um, it was too expensive, um, needed to be sold. So when we moved out, I found us a home right in the same neighborhood, about not even a mile away. I think it was a half mile. Not on the Deschutes, but very close. And um, so we moved. We moved the family, um, bought the house. Well, still buying the house. But we got a mortgage on the house. And um, and things continue to be good, um, but slowly degrading. We're not fishing as much. The kids are now teenagers and getting rebellious, not wanting to go to church. Um, slowly we fall out of church. Slowly, um, I begin to get the urge to cheat and go fill what I called a need that wasn't being fulfilled at home. And now I'm in open defiance of my Lord and Savior. Open defiance of what I believe and what I hold true to service myself and my lust and my passion. And I did that, and I did it with married women, and I did it with single women, and I just didn't care. It was filling the need. It was my excuse. And uh, and let me be clear, there's no excuse. If you're unhappy in your marriage, either work it out or get out. Um, No matter how obligated you feel to the people, my love was still there. I wasn't looking to replace my wife. I was just, in my mind, filling a need that I had. It was just a cop out. Um, and now, you know, I'm. I still believe my faith has has been strong in God. I just didn't believe in myself, and I didn't think that He would believe in me. That I was not worthy. And the the place that I came to was. For those of you who don't feel worthy, like I didn't feel worthy of God's love, of God's sacrifice, for me anyway, it was a cop-out. It was a means in which to make it okay for me to do the things I wanted to do that were an affront to my Lord and Savior. So I went the I'm not worthy route, and uh, that was fine for me. And, and this went on many women for a few years. I did this to a point where I could not stand to look at myself in the mirror. I was so good at hiding it. I was always home on time when I was supposed to be. And, you know, there was never any reason that uh, she should think that I was being unfaithful. 
um, or any of that because I was an excellent liar and an excellent hider of my evil deeds and the things that I did that were that were ungood. They were not they were not godly. They were not manly. They were not righteous. They were not anything other than evil. And um, one of the women I was with had a venereal scare and let me know and said that I should go see a doctor. So I did, and I got my test. And I didn't give my address. I gave them my email, so I figured they would just email me. What? Well, what they did was they sent a letter. <laughs> and uh, my wife found that letter, and she called me. And she was totally taken aback. She didn't have any idea, any clue that I had been wronging her so. And I had, through some prodding, of course, you know, denial at first. Oh, uh, finally, I came to it. And, uh, and then she wanted to know how many times. And, and I'm like, don't always want to know the answer to these questions but i told her there's nine women or more that i had been with over the past three years um it crushed her it crushed her heart it crushed her spirit it crushed the children um most of them still don't talk with me um she and i still have a good relationship at this point it's been we've been separated now going on three years in february um after she found out we had kind of worked it out and i'd moved back in and then uh well then we had an election in 2016 and uh in my opinion at that time it was between a rapist and a murderer um well i chose who i thought was the rapist donald trump and uh she preferred a murderer as did her children and uh from there um the division grew i was right winger and they were all leftists and liberals and and uh you know go gay pride and you know all that good stuff and then we had covid and, and all that that goodness i was i was gone before covid hit um, i was asked to move out Shortly after I bought a, um, an AR-10, which is the AR-15, but hepped up a little bit, 308 caliber. Um, and I was told, well, I told my wife and my close friend, you got to go? Yeah, I got to go lock the door when you leave. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you, Jim. I love you too, brother. Um, Thanks for joining us, Jim. Guys. We love you, brother. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, in the Lord, I love you. Already, I love you. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, and through my, I, I started podcasting probably 2014. I started getting into podcasts. And the one that really grabbed me was an SGT report on what's happening to children. Uh, with my own experience and my love of children, I just love how they are and who they are and that the bright shininess in their eyes and the wonder of new experience. And, uh, um, so what was being done to children just 
tore my heart out and gave me a drive to, at that time, know more what's going on, what's happening. Um, and that I brought home. And then I brought it to my best friend, also, I wouldn't say liberal, but definitely democratic. You know, I got active on Facebook and, and I became very active in the, in the stuff. Um, and, uh, and I brought it home and I thought my wife would be excited to research and look into stuff because she's very intelligent and she likes to look into things. Well, that wasn't the case. I was met with, uh, disdain and you're crazy and all that good stuff. And then I bought my R10 and I had talked to, you know, my wife and, and my best friend and my, and, uh, actually I talked to my wife and she had contacted my best friend and my father and they basically had an intervention because I was nuts because I believed that things were happening to children that weren't right. And I believed that the government was this diabolical entity that wanted to just screw humanity and, and murder them and enslave them and, and it rapes children and kills them and slaughters them for their, their deities. And I was insane. And so they had this intervention. My father joined in this intervention who knows me, who knows my heart, who knows how much I love, thought I was nuts. And it hurt. I was asked to leave and I left. And uh, I didn't have a lot to say to them for months. Um, so I finally worked it out with, you know, everybody. Um, like my dad, I just explained to him that, you know, this is stupid. You know me. You know who I am. You know my heart. Why would you think this? Um, and, you know, I got some apologies. And my best friend, you know, he's my best friend. He's not going to. He's my best friend, my brother. I've known him since I was three. And, uh, you know, the wife, the kids, whatever. I maintained my relationship with her. We would still fish on occasion. Eventually, I was invited to come back home, and I said no. Um, so here we are now, almost three years separated. Um, still somewhat close. We love each other. We care for each other. Um, but... Let's get to God. Um, I went to Bard's Fest, Yuba City, and God had put it on my heart to serve. And I got put on Conley's cook team. Um, we're doing okay for time? Yep. Oh, okay. Yep. Um, and I got put on Conley's cooking team. I mean, I like to cook, and I thought, hey, I'll be all kinds of help. No, I'm, I don't know how to cook is what I learned but I was helpful. Um, and God really put it on my heart to serve. And, uh, well, damn it, serve I did. And it felt so good. Um, I got there early. I don't remember what day it was, but I was there early when it started. What was that? Wednesday? Wednesday. Wednesday. I well, you, I think you got there Tuesday. Mm, no, because yeah. I didn't. I didn't get to have the cool meal with everybody. Um, but when I got yeah. there, Jim Jim Conley was he was on a grocery run, so I did I did rounds. I just walked around and around the building looking for people to help if they needed it. You know, someone unloading something or 
looking for where they needed to go. I was just helping people get where they needed to go or lift the heavy things or move that thing there over there. And, and uh, I got to know a uh, little red rocking chair. Um, she was working the desk and, uh, you know, um, I've always been a hugger and a lover on of people. And uh, I, I quickly began to, to just hug on her and love on her. And we had great banter and, and I just loved her spirit. And so, you know, um, while I was waiting for Conley to arrive, I was just going around, helping people out, hugging on people, talking with people, uh, you know, just introducing myself. At that time, I really wasn't much involved in chat, I don't think. Um, but, uh, I, I was always listening to Bards and, and the other podcasts. Well, actually Bards primarily only, I don't think, uh, Celtic Christian. Yeah. He was up, he was, he was up and running before yep. you did he? Yep, so he that's, that's actually, okay. I'm sorry. My, my mind doesn't work well with the, <laughs> the timeline thing. So um, that's where I really started getting into chat was on Celtic Christian. Cause it was much, much more chatty, you know, um, people like to talk in there and, and uh, Duncan would get us all, you know, talking and interact with us during the show. And, and uh, you know, and I had said a few things here and there on, on Bards FM or, the other birds podcast but i really started to open up and kill to christian and, and started making friends and actually having chats with people and i'll just segue here for a moment and say if you like the podcasts and you like this community chat um it's going to take a minute um just say hello introduce yourself when you when you feel compelled to make a, a comment on what's being said or something someone said in chat, do it. Um, this is a very welcoming community, and the best way to get to know these people is to join in chat, to talk with them, to get to know them, and next thing you know, you're in their prayer group, you're at their Bible study, you are hugging on them at Bard's Fest, you are in a family of believers who will die for you plain and simple. So back to Bart's Fest. Um, finally, finally, Conley arrives. I, I help him unload and, and uh, we start cooking. And there's uh, um, about five of us core that were always there. And then there were, there were several who would, would come and go. Like we had people who would set up um, for the service um, for food and then um, we had people who, who would help us prep and Mary you were one of those people I'll never forget you stirring queso just shaking a leg <laughs> over there um, that was a lot of queso <laughs> that was a lot of queso and, and you were the happiest dancingest queso stirringest woman I, I knew <laughs> and uh, and that's where yours and my friendship started and, um, and we spent well, a lot of time don't forget the ripping what? of all the don't forget the ripping of all that chicken meat off of those bones. Right? Um, <laughs> that was pretty fun too. Yeah. Well, and that's what that was you because I don't know how much I got involved in that. I remember coring out a lot of jalapenos and yeah. keeping the smokers fired up 
and doing basically whatever Conley said to do. That's what I did. And we were putting in 12, 14 hour days, you know, doing a lunch and dinner service. It's, it's, it was a lot of work, but it was so yeah. easy to do. And we laughed and we talked and we had such a great time. And uh, then XJ Fisher, Matt, who was one of our crew, um, he was going to get baptized. And, uh, and <clears throat> so that prompted uh, um, Scott and Pastor Anthony to um, baptize people. They have a really kind of cool pond baptismal there at Butte City. And um, so Mary and I go over to, you know, innocently watch our beloved friends get baptized. And um, Mary is one of three people who witnessed what happened in to me. And, and I call it, this story is called the ambush baptism. Yes, it was. And uh, we're standing there, innocent bystanders, enjoying watching our friends and new family get baptized. And uh, Pastor Anthony gets an eye lock on me. And I hold his gaze for about three seconds, you know, the traditional three seconds, break, break, break contact. I look back up and he's still got an eye lock on me. And I don't know if you've met Pastor Anthony or seen the man, but he's rather intimidating. <laughs> and a bit. Uh, just a bit. Just and a bit. he's got he's got that marine stare and he's staring at me. And then he points at me. And he's like, Yes, you brother, get in this water. <laughs> and you know, I'm packing a gun, I'm fully <laughs> dressed in pants. You know, I did not come there to get baptized. I've already been baptized. I just and, said uh, just give it to me. Get going. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So I, I pull my gun and slide it in there. And and uh I I someone had said they had a pair of shorts, so I tried to, you know, get a pair of shorts on. They did they just weren't moving fast enough and they were looking at me like get in this water now. So I went in and uh and that was a powerful moment for me because this is after all my infidelity and after my open defiance of my Lord and Savior after so much loathing of myself and, and reviling of myself and hatred of myself and finally coming to terms with my Lord and Savior. And here is this man says, you need to be baptized. So I was. <laughs> and it was the start of something new for me. Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you that I was reformed from there and was blessed and never felt an urge to bed women again, because that's not the case. I, I, I did go a nice long time, um, but I fell victim to it again. Um, you know, I'm separated now, but I'm not divorced and it's not right. It's not good it's not holy it's not righteous um but i did it anyway um and the thing about you know intercourse with full consent is you really don't think of it as you know this isn't a bad thing i've been completely honest with this person and i've been straightforward about what i'm looking for it's not you know i'm not looking for a relationship I'm not, you know, 
we've been very honest with each other. It's okay. We, I, it's consensual. It's not a deception. There's no, there's no lying here. It's, it's up, up front and honest, but it's still an affront to God. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, not nearly as bad and I didn't pursue it like I did, but it's still, you know, I still had that lust in my heart and it's still a battle that I wage to this day. And um, I'm going to jump now to Kentucky and the Bards Fest there. Once again, when we got back from Bards Fest in Yuba City, myself, XJ Fisher, Mary All In, Ek Mac, Ellen, or EK Mac, I should say, Ellen, who is just a beautiful soul. Um, and um, Philip Weber. Um, these, these were the, the core people that I really got to know there aside from Mary. And I mean, I got to know a lot of people there, but these were the ones that I, I knew the best. And, um, we're at the end, we're at the end of, uh, of Bard's Fest, Yuba City. And, uh, you know, this is the, we went, we, you know, we did the service on Saturday night and, um, was it Saturday night? No. We yeah. went there. There was a service Saturday night, but we went there to help um, Jim Conley clean up and get everything done as far as the cooking went um, after we went into whatever town that was to to pray over it. <clears throat> and that's funny. I used to live there. And I can't even remember the name of the town. Um, so we go there. What's that? Marysville. Marysville. Thank you. <clears throat> Um, I'm glad one of us has good memory. Um, so we, we, we helped Jim clean up, you know, we got in on that, you know, we had to, we were there from start to finish. So we, we all said, you know, he was like, Oh, don't got it. I got it. You know, you guys go do your thing. But we were like, no, we're going, we're going to help Jim clean up. And so we did. And, um, at the end of it, you know, we were thinking about leaving and, uh, we're all like, and, and I started the conversation with, you know, I really love this time with you guys and I really love you. And I, I don't want you to think that that's changed, but I'm really bad at keeping in touch with people. And they were like, Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm the same way. Anyway, we went to service that night. We stayed for the service. Um, and we headed out we went our separate ways from there. And, uh, in no time we had a Bible study and we were or not a Bible study. I'm sorry, a prayer prayer group. We started a prayer group. And it was first on Zoom, and uh, every morning at 6 o'clock, we would get together, and we would just fellowship and pray in the new day. And um, we decided that this was an everyday thing. And seven days a week, we get together, and we pray 6 a.m. And uh, and now that prayer group since Kentucky is, I think, about 30 members. And on any given morning, there's probably six, five to six of us. Um, but we're all involved in a chat. You know, we have the, it's called the vineyard. And anyone listening, you are welcome in our prayer group. Um, just reach out to any one of us and we'll, we'll get you in. We love more members. We love this community. Um, but anyway, so every morning, you know, we're talking every morning. So there was no, we never didn't talk. We were always 
connected. We were talking every morning and, and, uh, and since then, you know, we've started the Bible study and, and that's, that's grown exponentially since Kentucky. Um, I do want to go into Kentucky and I want to say that my testimony is this family. My testimony is the relationships made in this family. My testimony is the friendships and the love shared and the experiences shared and the prayers shared and the the helping one another and the looking out for one another and the caring for one another and just the pure love that is there and that is available through Christ our Lord that no one should want for anything. This is how we should live. This is this is true community in that everyone is putting everyone else first. Everyone else is looking out for everyone else. If someone isn't in the prayer group, if they've gone AWOL for a couple of days, we're looking for them. Are you okay? What's going on? Is there anything we can do? Or do you need prayer? Um, you know, it, it's, there's, you know, as much as you might want to run sometimes when things get difficult, because that is our tendency to get quiet when, when we're having difficulties. Um, it's not possible. Someone is there. Someone cares. Someone wants to help. Someone wants to lend an ear, pray with you, um, spend time with you. The the beautiful people and all the stories that I can tell. In fact, let's see how we're doing on time here. Um, so many stories from Kentucky. And I didn't hear speaker one. <laughs> I, I was I was too busy. I was too busy either, um, you know, working working with Conley and the great people over there on the food crew, or I was running around helping other people, or talking to people, or setting up tents. Um, for me, um, Philip and I, we left Friday after I got off work after five o'clock. We were on the road by six. Um, heading to Kentucky from Central Oregon, the uh, the map app said it was a 34-hour road time drive. So 34 hours, wheels reels rolling. Philip and I did that drive in 36 hours. We one would sleep, one would drive, um, and and we we hauled ass. Pardon my French. Um, there were a couple scary moments. Um, my mom, God bless her, he put on her heart to let me use her car. Um, and I'm thankful that uh, I, I would never own a car that can steer itself. But that was a godsend because I dozed at the wheel. Um, and as you approach the uh, the lines on the side of the road, it will shake the steering wheel, and you and you have to have your hand on the steering wheel, even though it will self drive. Um, yeah, otherwise, it'll scream at you if, you if your hands off the wheel for 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 too long. And uh, it actually woke me up at one point. I mean, I dozed for maybe a couple seconds, but it was enough. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, God, we Philip and I, we 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 walked a a bloodline around the car before we left we prayed over it and then we hit the road that car that poor little car was stuffed full of camping gear cookware <laughs> bows arrows 
um, flag poles, staffs, fishing poles. You and I have to do fly fishing session, young lady. I know we never got to it. We never got to, but we didn't. Yeah, we didn't get the dance lesson any either. No, well, that was a trade, so you know we yeah. we still owe each other. Yeah. Um. So here we go. We we made it there in 36 hours. We were expecting to get there Monday. We got there Sunday morning, or did we get there Monday morning? Expecting to get there Tuesday. Yeah. We got there way ahead of schedule. We got there a day ahead of schedule. We got there in the morning. I believe it was Monday. Um, but I could be wrong. Could have been Sunday. And perfect time. We got there at the perfect yes. time. Well, yes, and it was because um we got there, we had time to decompress that first day. We we were we were pretty lazy. We just, you know, kind of relaxed, got got camp set up, um, you know, got our wind back, got some rest. Um, you know, it was nice. And, and that was my goal. I said, just wanted to give ourselves a day or two to acclimate to the time change and the long drive. Well, by the next day, we're splitting wood for the whole campground. You know, um, the, the owner and uh, Willie and Bill, the, uh, the, the guy who runs the campground, um, were like, well, we, you know, this... We we uh, scored these trees from a, a bad uh, spring storm, and uh, you know we were just going to cut them off and use you know use them for firewood. Well, Bill went and got a splitter from a buddy of his and brought it over and uh, helped us you know buck up the wood into sizable rounds so that we could split it. And at first he was reluctant to let us split it, but you know finally he's like, all right, you guys know what you're doing. Go ahead. And uh, so that first full day we were there, um, we split a bunch of wood. We spent a pretty good pile. And then people started rolling in. So I switched into, you know, basically welcome wagon. Let me get you help. Let me help you get camp set up and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Philip, Philip split wood probably almost every day that uh bards fest was going on philip also ran the archery range for the kids and uh the dude ran himself ragged serving the lord in this community um and 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 i was you know help and we'd all jump in it was awesome uh matt and hev and, and i'm sorry i can't read chat right now because i'd love to be reading what you guys are all saying and, and then the reminiscing um but all I have there's a lot of there's a lot of love going on in chat right now. Well, there's all those people in chat. They're in my prayer group. They're in my Bible study. <laughs> they're 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 my family. They're the people that I love so much. Um, but anyway, um, uh, Matt and Hev were were at our campsite almost every night, and they became integral to our wood splitting and whatever needs to get done done kind of thing because you know they lived a mile and a half over the hill and and they had access to stuff and and they were just you know willing participants in, in what was going on and they would be around the campfire with us every night we had such awesome discussions and conversations and and 
Matt and I, I don't know, those of you who are in chat probably noticed that he and I have kind of a banter where we give each other a hard time. And, and he's just become a true, a true brother to me in a, in a lot of ways. Um, uh, like I am with my work, my work family. Uh, I'm, I currently work for a heavy equipment rental outfit. And uh, so we rent, you know, mini excavators and full size excavators, skid steers, uh, you name it, we rebrand it. And um, I've always been in a, a labor type field, um, trade skills my whole life. And uh, so with that comes what I call dysfunctional love. And that is when you walk in the door in the morning, if you're not told to F off or some sort of derogatory statement, you wonder what's wrong and, and why they, what, you know, what happened and, and what did I do that made you so mad at me that you won't cuss me out first thing in the morning? Um, I, I work with a bunch of guys too. Mm -hmm. And I have observed that. That, yes. And I often say it. I, I know you guys are just showing love to each other. It's, it's exactly <laughs> but, what but it is. But women, we don't, I mean, that would be like, we would never do stuff like that. <laughs> right. But guys do, yeah. Guys do. That's that's how we show our love. We just insult the heck out of each other and, uh, you know, really go for the jugular, too. If we have any kind of weaknesses, well, we're going to exploit those to the maximum. Um, and that's just how men are. And, and in this, in that environment. Um, and what I love about um, this family is, sure, there's a little of that. I have I have those friends that uh, I can banter with in that way. And then so many that it's just about the love and, and care for one another and the hugs. Um, those of you who know me, odds are pretty good you're going to get a hug. And uh, you're going to get told that I love you. And, uh, and I'm going to mean it from the bottom of my heart. Um, you know, I think the, the gift that God has given me is service and I, I've always served, um, in my past life, my non-Christian life as it were, and even more so now in my Christian life. And, um, I love it. And if you have a heart for service, do it. Um, is so fulfilling and you meet so many people especially at the 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 fests um you really get a get to know people and um what i really loved in kentucky was um helping and and being there for people when they needed me and and that's from um failed attempts at patching air mattresses at 2:30 in the morning which ended up not being about patching an air mattress, but about a conversation about God and, 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 you know, no, I did not patch that mattress. It was unsuccessful, but I had a beautiful conversation with a lovely friend about God and our relationship to him. And, and, you know, there was a story Scott told about a gentleman who who came to us rather miraculously um and i guess laid on the lawn and cried well i didn't find that gentleman that was my beautiful sister ellen and another woman whose name i don't know and they found that man and they talked to him 
and Ellen came to me and said, this man has a, a, a heart-wrenching story and he needs a man to pray with him. And that's when I jumped in, but I didn't see it. I was just there. Um, two beautiful women with beautiful hearts saw the man and brought me to him. Um, and that's this community in a nutshell. Um, you know, you've all heard about the money lost and and found and 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 given back. And and I got to know that gentleman who lost thirteen hundred dollars and it was returned to him. And and I got to see his transformation and his coming to God. And he spent time around my fire and 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 again, you all are my testimony because without you, I would be lost. You know, yes, I need God. And yes, Jesus is my savior. But you were all my heart. You sustain me. You fill me with joy. You fill my heart with love. I feel nothing but affection for you all. You're all so amazing and perfect. And I look at you and I look at the faith and I look at the love and I look at this family and I can't help but just rejoice in him and what he has brought to me. Me. I am that wretch. I, I am that lost soul. And he gave me such a blessing so much joy and again you know i would normally say i don't deserve this and i really without him i don't he is our salvation it is by his blood alone that we are worthy and i've i've wronged my lord so hard and so many times and he still loves me and that is my example and that is how I try to live my life now is to just love everybody. There is no one unworthy of love. There's no one who doesn't appreciate being acknowledged. And I don't do it well. I'm not I'm not great at it. I I forget and I neglect. But you keep I'm saying sorry. that, but I don't think that's true. No. <laughs> um maybe, maybe from your perspective but i i i know because i'll remember i was like oh dang it i i wanted to talk to that person or geez you know i could have done something more and you can always do more And when you get that nudge from god just jump on it and don't like i i, I get two messages from god now that i i am you know beginning to hear him and that's the nudge, the gentle nudge. Hey, go talk to that person or help that lady with her groceries or take that, you know, outside of being at home, I usually have the grocery store. So these will be a lot of, you know, grocery store <laughs> incidents. But like, you know, take that cart from her and take it to the return or, you know, whatever. You know, I, I don't I don't really pay for someone's groceries because I just don't have a lot of money. Um, but um you know those little acts of kindness those the, the small conversations and i and i've and i've learned you know for me anyway i i am not someone who's going to be 
you know, in your face, Jesus, but I'm going to show you Jesus in every way I possibly can. And hopefully that will spur a conversation that we can have where I can explain that it is not me who, who is treating you this way. It is Christ through me. It is his example that I follow. And that is why I am an all interesting to you or that I have something that, that you see that you like. It's all thanks to him. Um, you know, so starting in Yuba City and now Kentucky, um, I really, I, I've been feeling my calling. I feel, you know, God's pull. And, and I'm really, you know, I, I'm impressed by, you know, Scott and the resistance chicks and they're, you know, just, I know that, you know, God is telling me this and, and, and these are, you know, this is what he told me and this is the direction he's shown me. I question everything. I don't know. I, I, I envy that confidence in, in, in what people hear and so many, and so many are so much more scholarly in the Bible and know scripture so much better than I do. And, and just, in my opinion, so much more righteous and, and godly. But I appeal to the broken because I am so broken. And I appeal to the less than because I know what it's like to feel that way and to be on the outside looking in and that's where the most beautiful souls can be found is in that quiet and dark place that's where jesus goes that's where jesus goes amen so oh boy um so I mean, the stories are endless from Kentucky. Um, Ron Johnston, I hope to see you at a Bard's Fest one day, my friend. Anything's possible in the Lord. Yes, amen. And uh, that's that's but that's where we all went when we left Yuba City. Is like we don't know how we're going, and and then it was uh, wasn't Kentucky. It was um, that other state that way. And, uh, and we're like, we're going, you know, we don't know how we're doing it, but we're doing it. And then it switched, you know, to Kentucky. Well, that was only another thousand miles added to my journey. None of us us cared. We're like, we're going, we're going. And what was interesting was, and I think this happened to everybody through that decision-making process. Okay. We're, we're going to go. And we're doing this, um, you know, we get closer to the time and people would start, start to have issues. Like, Oh, I don't, I don't think I can make it. Doesn't look, doesn't look good for me. And, but then the others would come alongside and say, you're going, we're, what do you need? We're going to figure this out. We'll make it happen one way or the other. You're going, you don't have an out here. We, we were doing this together. And damn it. We all went, we were all there. Every one of us. And I know this happened with others, you know, that weren't in my little group. 
and and you know we all had our stumbling blocks and and difficulties getting there but we went and it was beautiful and and you know i you know uh, and then on wednesday night the first night of kentucky um we were smoking well conley was smoking brisket and you know conley and brisket i mean that that was going to be some good stuff um well the smoker started to you know smoke a little bit more than a smoker should smoke and um in an effort to save the brisket um both jim and i risked life and limb because you know you got to risk it if you want the brisket <laughs> so so the the door on that smoker was I don't know, 50, 60 pounds. It was just a big steel door. And I, the smoker lit off and it was on fire. And I grabbed the door and you, you could lift it up to a certain point, And then you had to roll your arm over and push it up the rest of the way. And I got it up to that certain point and the flames just started pouring out of there. And I was moving to push it up the rest of the way. And I heard all the hair on my arm sizzle off. And I'm like, okay, I got to stop. It, that was a lot of flame i mean it was a, lot, a of lot it was the towering inferno it was it was bad um it was bad and both both jim and i sustained a pretty decent burn is that, that is that, that the, is that a burn still on your wrist that i see yes is that it okay i saw that That's when you motioned like that you were pull, pushing it up and i could see your arm that it was burned yeah it's still there well what's what's amazing was it was burned all the way like oh. that um and uh i mean i i torched myself pretty initially i didn't even feel it i was like oh i just torched the hair off my arm well um about five ten minutes later it really i felt it i'm like oh crap okay and it started to get red anyway um i believe it was michelle from the resistance chicks says hey I've got, I think it was called silver oxide. I've got prescription grade silver oxide. So she grabs that and brings it over and they slather it. You know, she gives me a spoon of it and she gave Jim a spoon of it. And, you know, I slathered it on my arm and within about an hour and a half, it stopped hurting completely. I think more than the silver oxide, it was a God thing. I was meant to be burned. Um, to me, that was a baptism of fire um jim sustained a burn at the same time um i started calling it my brand um and i am not sure um when sam jim's son had passed i'm not sure what day that was um i know he didn't find out until saturday it was friday it was that friday he, that he did yes friday that he did okay yeah. um but for whatever reason um that burn you, you know when you get a burn you, you get even even look at a at flame and it hurts that burn didn't hurt when i continued to work the grill um that burn didn't hurt throughout the rest that was the first actual night of arts fest and that burn did not hurt um i did manage to brush it on something and it ripped the skin and that's where my wrist is still scabby and gross um 
and then up on my forearm a little further. Um, and I will have scars probably the rest of my life from that burn. Um, but I feel like it was a, a baptism of fire, a reminder um, for me of what love truly is, um, what family truly is, um, what service truly is, um, and, and what in life is truly important. And, and, and that is the people. And, and they don't have to be Christians. They don't have to be believers. They just need to be people who, who are not of the devil. Um, there are those of us who are affected by evil, but then there are those who are just evil. Um, those, those are not people. Those do not count in, in this conversation for me. Um, but anyone that has a heart and that has suffered and that has, has dealt with life and, and been persecuted for their beliefs or chastised because they don't follow what the news says or what everyone else in their family says. Um, those are my people. Those are the ones I love. Um, and you know, another story about that is probably 90% of my family is vaxxed and boosted. Um, and woke um i have an opportunity to see my father um who another little story i had an aunt who died october two years ago she was vaccinated she was in her 80s and uh she died from microaneurysms i say microaneurysms you all know what the hell i'm talking about I reached out to my dad and said, hey, dad, I want to be at the service. When is it? Oh, uh, well, um, son, uh, I'm going to have to talk to the family and make sure they're okay with you going because you're not vaccinated. I've never missed a service for a lost family member. I've never even considered missing a service for a lost family member or a family get-together of any kind. So that was kind of a punch to the gut. But okay, Dad, you know, get back to me as soon as you can, please. Okay, son. So um, my dad and I have always had a really good relationship, very open, very honest, very caring, very loving. In fact, my heart and who I am in that way is largely in part due to him. Um, so he gets back to me a few days later and says, okay, you can come, but you have to meet your cousin. Um, off-site, she's a um, physician's assistant, and she's going to test you, and you have to wear a mask hold. Well, that was a little much for me. I said, okay. Um, my dad detected a note of irritation. He's all, what's going on? I said, well, um, this bothers me. I mean, you know, the words I said were, um, aren't you all vaccinated? Aren't you safe? Why is this an issue? And all of a sudden, my father exploded and was cursing at me and yelling at me and offended and, and enraged to the point where I had to hang up on my own father, who I love deeply. 
and who we've never had harsh words or cross language with one another. You know, and I, I did my part. I yelled back. Needless to say, I didn't go to the service. I had to write my family and say, as much as I would love to be there and love to celebrate my aunt's life, my aunt who put $27,000 towards the down on my home so that we could buy it so that I could give my family a place to live. My aunt, who was the only, well, one of few Christians in my family that still believed and still went to church and still loved God and Jesus. The one person that I would really want to attend their services, not to mention the family that I love so much that I rarely ever see unless someone dies. Um, I don't, I don't get to go to her service because of the bullshit around COVID and the bullshit around the woke ideologies and the, the mind wipe. Just, I'm sorry, it enrages me that I have to go without seeing my family and without loving on them and without having the conversations. It was six or eight months before I talked to my father again, a little tete-a-tete. And uh, we've since, you know, rekindled. There was no conversation around that particular discussion there's no apologies there's no reconciliation we haven't had the conversation and now i'm to see him at the end of this month and i am reluctant to say the least i am actually dreading seeing my father who i love because i'm not going to wear a mask i'm not going to do the things and he's going to want me to do the things and we haven't had the discussion and he's now got issues with his health and I want to talk to him so bad about what's going on. I want to offer him help. I want to tell him about chlorine dioxide. And I want to tell him about, about all the other alternative means of, of taking care of his illnesses and what's going on with him. And all it will be is an argument or a, um, an event that doesn't need to be. And Where is he with Jesus? <clears throat> it's funny. When I was young and my parents were married, he was actually going to um, what do you call the school where you go to learn to be a pastor, a preacher? Seminary. Thank seminary. You. Seminary. He went to seminary, and I, I'm pretty sure because he's he's a big-hearted person. That seminary is what killed his his love of Christ. Um, he worked as a youth minister for a while, um, and he enjoyed spending time with the children and, uh, um, but he wasn't doing it the way the church wanted him to do it. And, uh, they kicked him out because he would take them to concerts and things like that. And they weren't, you know, they weren't Christian concerts per se. And I, and I won't say if that's right or wrong. I just know he liked interacting with the children. He liked spending time with them. And I think even in a secular world, when you take a godly principle to it, you, 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 you can learn a lot and you can teach a lot and you can do a lot within that construct. But regardless, um, they, uh, they poo-pooed it and they didn't like it. Um, he moved off of that into marriage and family therapy and uh he worked with you know prisoners 
initially um, to put in his time and uh, he's worked with veterans and uh, marriage and family. Um, he's been a, a therapist my whole life. Um, Maybe it's not about the mask with you meeting with him. Well, that's what I was thinking that maybe it's about Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it very well could be. Um, the problem is, you know, there's, I don't, I don't have support in that situation, you know, and I don't know how to come to it because I'm going to stand firm on my principles and my morality. And that's going to, that's going to be an issue. Well, at least that's what I think. Um, is it okay if we pray for your dad tonight? Oh, absolutely. What's his love... name? What's his, his name, John? His name is, is Melvin. Um, and uh, I would love to get in on that prayer if that's okay. Yep. All right. Um, and, you know, back to uh, Kentucky and Bards Fest. You know, I, I had an opportunity. I spent about three hours one day. Um, fishing with the kids and uh oh i like working with kids I, i've always enjoyed spending time with kids and we we started off you know with uh tying some knots and uh you know tying on our hooks so i, sh I showed them i showed them all how to tie a knot there were there was one one child took interest in learning how to tie the knot but that was okay you know everyone had to wait while the, the knots were being tied and i let i let that one boy i let him tie the knots as many as he wanted so he got the hang of it and then we went through baiting the hooks and uh then finally we went down and we started fishing so immediately it was untangling lines for a bit but then finally we got to a point where they're casting out their their lines and the the baits in the water and the bobbers are dancing and they're catching fish and they're getting excited about it and they're they're having a great time and oh i could have done that for a month straight and never gotten tired of untangling lines and talking about fishing and watching them get excited about catching another fish and it's funny they're they're catching bluegill and they were all the same size so they thought they were catching the same fish over and over again <laughs> and uh you know just the little stories and and things that you know uh, it was i think ron can relate to that about the kids he always comments about how he loves spending time with the kids and oh, loves the, kids and loves right. to teach his boys to do things and yeah well yeah. and i've heard his boys on the on the podcast what great godly boys you got wrong um Praise and God. you know i i don't have children of my own um i had the privilege of helping raise four um and that was a joyous experience oddly enough uh, many of their friends who would come over on sundays after church to hang out and have food and and that sort of thing um some of those kids still keep in touch with me um and uh it's cool because they're all in their their 20s and uh um one who actually you know he was one of the older kids has become one of my best friends here in this area and he's awake and and uh he's he's 
he's he's good people. He's a good brother, and I love him immensely. Um, and he was one of those kids, you know, knew knew our kids and spent time, and that's how I got to know him through the children and airsoft and. But uh, I, I learned a long time ago. I've got a heart for children. I've got a. I have a real love for for teaching, um, and uh, I would like to teach automotive repair. I would like to teach fishing. Um, I would like, you know, in this future, if if it's God's will, I would like to work with kids in in, in this rescue and rehabilitation of them um i would like to be that for them and the rehabilitation end of things like let's go fishing let's talk in the boat let's sit around the fire and talk let's let's uh have those conversations um and uh so that leads me to you know where am i going now what am i doing um and that's I feel called to go. Um, I don't know where God doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't see fit to, to give me more than, than get a move on some. And, um, I'm at a place now where I own a home, um, still paying a mortgage. Um, my wife lives there. I'm about to move back there and get it in good shape. Um, I've, I've given her a, a decision to make, and that is come with me on a god-led adventure to who knows where and those are the words i used um we can you know sell the house and do that um we can sell the house go our separate ways or she needs to figure out a way to pay the mortgage because it's time for me to go god is calling and i need to go um so i'm moving back probably the beginning of next month and uh i'm going to start work on the house getting it ready for whatever i just want it to be a good safe place if her children should want to return home they will have a safe place to go um the youngest who is 21 is uh going to have a child and uh, she's moved back in and um, so i will be in the room next to where the baby will be living which is kind of exciting for me. Um, there were three other grandchildren, but I'm not allowed to see them. And I had a great relationship with those boys. I love spending time with them. And I'm being punished. <sighs> that sucks. Well, we're going to pray for that too. <clears throat> so we are kind of getting down to the... Yes. And uh, uh, so, yeah, that's, I mean, here we are. That's me. That's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I I was thinking about how um and I know Ron and I even looked at each other when you said it about grandparents being involved and in your faith story and we just hear that almost every single testimony. Mm. There's some family member, and most of the times it is grandparents that have um helped people along. And uh, the other thing, I, I was writing some notes as you were talking, and um, the other thing that struck me, too, is that you had this by chance meeting, like, you know, with the person with the airsoft thing and how mm -hmm. that kind of started some things rolling in your faith. And 
how often we think of things just being so like random and God is, God is in so control of everything, you know, and it's, and it's just really cool when you get to see him kind of busting through Mm -hmm. in a way that, that maybe surprises us. And, and then looking back, it's kind of fun, but I think that was kind of cool too. I always kind of, I, I came to this point where I just equated Jesus and ninjas. Like he moves like a ninja. You don't know, you don't have a clue as to the direction from which Christ will move in your life and and do make a change. And you're like, what? Where did that come from? And you know it's totally God. It's like, well, okay. <laughs> but you you never saw it coming. Like, you know, you think, oh, I, I screwed around on my wife, so I'm going to be punished with a venereal disease or this or that. And no, 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 it's it's nothing like that. It's t- something totally, totally other. And 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 God doesn't punish us; we punish ourselves. Um, he only he uses, loves us. He hmm? uses our he uses our mess for sure. Right. You know? you know, and yeah, I'll turn it around on you. And and uh, you know, no one's harder on on me than than I am. And I appreciate that God uh, he still loves me. He still loves me. Yeah. We're a work still, in process. We are. We're, I mean, and that process won't be over till the day we close our eyes for good. Yeah. Thank you, dear, sweet, and merciful Lord. Thank you for sharing tonight. Thank you, Thank Jonathan. You You've been a blessing to us all. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. John, I didn't write mm-hmm. any any of these down, but it's um I don't think that I've ever seen this much love in our live chat in the forty some episodes that we've done. You got a mm-hmm. lot of love in here for you, brother. I got a I got a love. <laughs> yes. You are well loved. You are well loved. <laughs> Just know that this community loves you. I love this community. And every one of them is looking through the eyes of Jesus at this whole story tonight, looking through that lens. So thank you. Thank you. Yes, John, I'm looking forward to seeing what the future holds for you because it doesn't sound like your story is done at all. (laughs) It sounds like you've just begun, my friend. I'm basically saying, welcome to my my testimony. You are you are a full on part of it because it's you know I don't know that it ever ends, does it? No, no. you know you you just said it doesn't end until the day you die. Yeah, we'll yeah. check in in a year and see how we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Much better, I know. Well, you know the Bible tells us, I think in James about. We confess our sins to one another. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's going to heal us through that. Yes. So um, it was a, a lot of that tonight. And I, I so appreciate that, your boldness and courage to come out and, and talk about all of these things that are really hard to share sometimes. But it's so important in the whole repentance process, you know, turning around. So thank you. Well, thank you. I'm, uh, I'm blessed 
to have the opportunity to air my dirty laundry, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, you know, another gift God has given me is I don't have any pride anymore. Um, I am, I am broken and, uh, I don't mind admitting it and I don't mind sharing my faults because, you know, it might, it might help someone else have a little boldness with their life too. Yes. Yeah. So if I can ask for anyone here tonight who's with us live in chat, have you been saved? The answer is no. I can almost certainly assure you that that's why you're here tonight. Our call-in feature is open. So if you would like to become saved tonight, Romans 10.13 says, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you like what God has done in Jay Wu's life, and you would like that for yours, and if you're ready to call upon the Lord, don't hesitate. Hit the call button. Uh, Mary and myself, Jonathan, will pay, pray for you now. As we're waiting for you to call in, uh, please call in. We have a... Uh, we have our prayer of surrender, but also I'd like to read Romans 10, 9 through 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So if you have not called in or you're listening to the recording of this Godcast, simply Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. And if you can truly believe that in your heart, then you are saved. It's that easy. If you are already saved, uh, you've got work to do because there's someone in your life who isn't. There's someone in your life that you love dearly that doesn't know Jesus, that doesn't know God. And it's been put upon us. This is our responsibility to spread the gospel. It's the Great Commission found in Matthew 28. It's the reason why we're here. So for those of you that are sitting on your hands, I think Scott likes to call, a, call them pew marshmallows. Is that is that the term, pew marshmallows? Mary shakes her head, yeah. Now, don't be a pew marshmallow. Get off your rump. Start talking to people about Jesus. That's why we're here. It's the only reason we're here. I think that's the answer to life right there. Everyone's searching for the answer to life. That's it. Let's spread the gospel of Jesus. That's it. That's it. And uh, make some good fruit along the way. Yeah. Which reminds me, we had our first frost today. I'm sorry, your first? Frost. Did you? Yeah, it was frosty this morning. Yeah, frost on the pumpkin. Mm, my my peppers are in trouble. I was putting paper bags over mine. Mm, that's a good idea. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> 
So are we ready for closing prayer? Let's do it. Jonathan, you ready? Absolutely. All right. Well, I didn't see anybody um, tagging me for any specific prayers, but I do have a list of people to pray with and we'll kind of, uh, we'll round that out with some prayers over your family, Jonathan, and then feel free to jump in. <clears throat> so, uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for Fridays. And, you know, and I say that every Friday and I, I, it's just so true that I'm just so thankful for this place and this space that you've given us to, to talk about you and, and just your transformation in people's lives. It's, it's so remarkable, Lord. And um, I thank you for Jonathan. And I thank you for what you're doing, what you've done and what you're continued to do in his life. I thank you for the courage that um, you gave him to talk tonight about some really hard topics and different things. And um, I know that it's not lost on him that that's courage comes from you. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're you're moving in his life and that he, he's able to recognize you in it because of you and not in his own power. He's a very humble man, and I thank you for that. And I just, I'd ask for a blessing upon anybody who heard this tonight and any any piece of this that is already designed for someone to hear. It's already designed for someone to hear or be encouraged by or brought closer to you, Lord. So we just pray a blessing over that, that design. And Lord, I would like to lift up, um, first of all, I'd like to lift up Duncan and Livin tonight and um, and Duncan's mom and just the, the health issues that have kind of been surrounding them. And um, we sure miss him. Um, we miss our kilted Christian. Um family and i know many of them are here tonight too which which we love to see but um i just pray healing over duncan and his ears right now in the name of jesus i pray those ears would just be opened up and that he would be able to hear 100 percent that any pain would be be gone in the name of jesus i pray for um, his mom to be able to be breathing 100%. We just pray for, um, Lord, you. I know that you are working through this family and that um, they have so much more work to do. So, Lord, we just ask for that healing to come upon them, just like in a really surprising way, Lord, that they... Um, even just right now in this very moment, in the name of Jesus. We pray those same things over um, Jeff and his wife and their family, healing over them. You, It's been a long haul, Lord, and we can't wait for them to come back too so that we can talk about the Bible with our pocket Bible, Jeff. And thank you for that, Lord. 
And I also want to lift up Ron and his family and his kids and his um, their grandpa and their grandma and everything that's surrounding um, anything with health, that that also would just be relieved um, in the mind and in the, in the, in the body as well, Lord. And Lord, I'd also like to lift up uh, Jonathan's dad, Milton. And just, Holy Spirit, I'd like to just, and not just, I just, you're not, it's not about just, it's you do so much, Lord. So thank you. Thank you for the work that you already have laid the ground for. And Lord, just bless that meeting with the two of them. If that comes about, Lord, in your will, we pray Jesus right into it right now. We pray peace into that. We pray forgiveness. We pray courage. We pray for the words for Jonathan to be able to say. We pray for the words that Jonathan should say for later. We pray for all those things, Lord, that he would just be guided by you. And we pray for Milton's relationship with you yes. more than anything, that he would know you, Lord. And we also pray for Jonathan's wife and their family. And whatever you've got going in that, Lord, that it would be your will and that it would be very plain and very clear to Jonathan and to his wife and to the family. We pray a peace over that family. We pray reconciliation. We pray forgiveness. All of those things, Lord. And we pray that they'll be able to see each other through your eyes. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Praise Lord Jesus, as always, first and foremost, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You think I need to say what I am thanking you for because it is pretty much everything. Thank you for this family, these people, the love you give and the love you allow us to share. Thank you for this opportunity to share my testimony and heal from my wrongs. And thank you for your forgiveness for my blatant disregard for you and those who love me. Thank you that you've shed your blood that I might be worthy. Thank you. I want to lift up uh, Candy and Jim to you right now, Lord. Just do a work in Candy. Cure her and restore her to her to your perfection, Lord, as designed. Um, just remove any blood clots, any damage from the stroke, and just renew her and return her to her husband, who I know feels helpless and scared 
because as a man, we would a thousand times rather be the situation reversed than have to suffer watching someone we care for in peril and not be able to do it. So give him your rest, give him your peace. Um, give him his wife. It is your will. Thank you. I pray for each of us here. Um, we are all been under attack through illness. Our issues just give us the strength, Lord, your strength to overcome, to rejoice in you, to call on our family when we need help rather than go into seclusion, try to do it on our own like we always do. Um, give us discernment, give us your wisdom, especially now with all that's going on in the world and this escalation of, of crap. Just let us see the truth and make the right moves and help the right people and say the right words. And they may fall on the right ears. And always, Lord, just thank you. So many blessings, so often. Your beauty everywhere. Praise your name. I just love you so much. Jesus, precious and holy name, we ask and pray these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jonathan. And thank you, Mary. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Jay, we'll stick around for after the show. Mary and I want to give you some virtual hugs and tickles. <laughs> yes. I'll gladly take them. All right. Thank you for praying to tonight, Jonathan. Oh, my pleasure. I love praying. Jay, I I'm hate to see the night end. Yeah, well, me too. I, I yeah. could talk a while longer. Let's talk about all the good stuff now. All right. We're going to close the session yeah. down and then we're going to go another two hours. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> there's no other podcast going on. What the heck? That's right. Yeah. All right, uh, let's okay. close us out, my dear friends. Let us not forget we're here for one reason and one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So please find that person you love that does not know God and share with them your testimony. Do it today. Yep. Thank you, guys. Love you. Love you. Oh. Saying grace over a Tuesday blue plate special when the man in the next booth said, Don't you watch TV? Don't you know that God's a myth? I hate to see you waste your breath, cause there ain't no use talking to a ghost that don't exist. The praying man said, Amen. Looked up from his blade and said, You may not talk to God right now, but there's gonna come a day. Cause whether you're a farmer in the field, praying for the rain, or you curse him at the graveside, cause he called a loved one's name, 
You can thank him, you can blame him. Either way, you're gonna face him. Whether you believe in him or not. Cause in the end, everybody talks to God. And in the booth went quiet Cause he didn't have a comeback So he shrugged it off and paid his tab And shuffled out the door And the praying man he prayed For the man who drove away Hoping he would see the light Before it got too late but how was he to know he touched a non-believer's soul who got that conversation two red lights down the road Cause whether you're a farmer in the field praying for the rain or you curse him at the graveside cause he called a loved one's name you can thank him, you can blame him Either way you're gonna face him Whether you believe in him or not Cause in the end Everybody talks to God Everybody talks to God You can thank him, you can blame him Either way you're gonna face him Whether you believe in him or not In the end Everybody talks to God